Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. to College Football Live. I'm Victoria Arlen alongside Harry Douglas and Greg McElroy. We've got a fast half hour of college football action coming your way and we're going to start with the top storylines. CFP coaches weighed in on their preseason favorites Monday in the release of the coaches poll. Now Georgia topped the poll after receiving 61 of 66 first place votes. The dogs just needed to sort out their starting QB before beginning their quest for a third straight national title. Next up is Michigan who comes in with their high preseason ranking in the coaches poll at number two the Wolverines coming off back-to-back Big Ten titles in the birth in the college football playoff and Florida State is among three ACC teams in the crack in to crack the top 25 Clemson joins the Seminoles in the top 10 of number nine North Carolina comes in at number 20 now fellas do we agree with FSU being over Clemson Harry I'm going to start with you Actually, I do. And I think one of the main factors when you look at Clemson and you look at Florida State, I think the quarterback position, and you look at a guy like Jordan Travis who made tremendous strides last season, uh, being able to do it not only throwing the football but also rushing the football. And I think the most important thing when it comes to a quarterback, and Greg, you understand this at a very, very high level, is Jordan Travis took care of the football. Only five interceptions last year in 2022. When I look at Clemson and I look at Cape Klubnick, he has an opportunity to, you know, be very, very good, but i already seen it already from Jordan Travis, so that's why I'm picking the Seminoles over the Clemson Tigers. We're on the same page, Harry. I love the Seminoles this year. If we're going to go line by line down their roster, it's almost impossible not to notice the fact that they have advantages at multiple different positions. You referenced the quarterback. I wholeheartedly agree. I think running back's a toss-up, even though I love Shipley at Clemson, love Trey Benson at Florida State. Wide receivers, Florida State actually significantly ahead of Clemson right now as far as depth and talent at that position. Offensive line, I lean just ever so slightly towards Florida State. Defensive line, I like Florida State, believe it or not. Second level, I like Clemson. Back end, I like Florida State. So when you really line it all up and do a tail of the tape, I think Florida State is actually well positioned as far as their roster is concerned against Clemson. Now, they have to go to Tiger Stadium in Death Valley, which is not easy. But remember, there's no divisions in the ACC. They could lose that game and still win the ACC outright if they could run the table the rest of the way. I agree with both of you. And, uh, you know, speaking of Jordan Travis, he's really good. Currently listed as a top 10 quarterback in the 2024 draft class. And last year, he recorded an elite 90.4 passing grade on true dropbacks in 2022 in a group leading 8.5% big-time throw percentage on those same plays. Now, EJ Manuel sat down with Jordan Travis, part of the ACC campus tour. Take a listen. Shoot, 
JT, I look at you over the last, what, four seasons coming into your fourth year now, FSU, you started in 2019. What a journey. I mean, to come in, I think you started at Louisville, found your way here to Tallahassee, uh, had to grind and really earn that starting spot, QB1 now, going into the second season as full-time QB1. What has this journey been like for you? It's been like a roller coaster, a lot of ups and downs throughout my career, but and made me who I am today. I look back at all those moments and all those rough times, and I'm so grateful and thankful for them because I wouldn't be as strong as I am today. I wouldn't be the leader I am today. Just so blessed and thankful. Awesome, man. Well, I remember my time in 2012, uh, that was my registered senior year, had all the expectations coming into it, and we felt it. When we went to the media day, similar to you a few weeks ago, everybody's like, oh, Jordan Travis is here, Jared Verse is here, all those guys from Florida State. And we knew it was at stake. We had a bunch of great teammates around myself to help me look better. When you think about that coming into this season and what's kind of at stake, how do you kind of process that and where's your mindset? I always talk about like humility. I mean, I always say humility wins. Coach Romero always emphasizes that. You've got to be a person that's humble no matter what through everything. I mean, the highs, the lows. And we've been down in the dumps. People were talking about us as the lowest team in the ACC. And now we're up there and we're talking about it like that. We just have to keep that same mindset, chip on our shoulder. We know who we are as a football team. We know what we do in the off season. We know the brotherhood we have in the locker room, the culture. Always got to keep the main thing, the main thing always. And focus on the day in front of us and the practice in front of us. They have a Heisman Trophy candidate at quarterback. Jordan Travis has really emerged as their guy. Now, you know the old saying, pressure either makes diamonds or busts pipes, right? And so when you think about this season, your name is now being circled around winning a national championship, winning an ACC championship, Heisman Trophy. So are you able to even get sleep at night when you start thinking about kind of like what's ahead of you in this season? Because there's a lot on the line, not just for your team, but also for you essentially being a first-round pick and some of those other accolades. Yeah, I, I don't get caught up in that. I mean, that's awesome. Very grateful for that. But my goal every day is just to win the day. I mean, I'm going to win the day today. we got meetings today. Just focus on the meeting in front of me. we got practice tomorrow. and we got a, a big, long fall camp ahead of us. So I'm just focused on that, man. I want to win every single football game I play. That's my goal this year. All the other stuff is awesome, man. But I care about this football team. I put everybody else in this team before, before me. And that's your job as a leader and the quarterback on the football team. I mean... If you don't have the guys around you um, doing what they do, you want, your job's going to be a lot tougher. So I just try to keep a smile on my face every day. It is stressful, obviously, but it comes with the job. So I'm, I'm grateful to be here. Man, proud of you, bro. Appreciate you coming, man. Yes, sir. Thank yes, sir. You. Best of luck. Thank you. That just makes me a Jordan Travis fan all, all over again. Now, Greg, does FSU success depend on Jordan Travis? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It does to an extent, but they've gotten really to the point where the roster is extremely good around him. Two years ago, when he was the starting quarterback, they had arguably the worst wide receiver core in America. They addressed it in the portal. They added more pieces in the portal this year. But when you look at where they've really changed the game, it's at running back. Trey Benson now, I think he's one of the top backs in America. Still, there's not enough people talking about him. This is a guy that came off a catastrophic knee injury a couple years ago, transferred from Oregon, 
and he's become the bell cow and moved a couple guys to the side. Lawrence Toffoli will spell him some and be a contributor in the passing game, but the supporting cast has gotten excellent. The offensive line has developed an identity. So, yes, if they're going to get to the playoff, if they're going to win the ACC, he has to be spectacular, but they do have enough I think around him to be able to delegate responsibility, Harry, to where he doesn't have to be the hero on every single snap. And I think that's very important, Greg, because when you have that supporting cast, it's also your job as a quarterback to understand what you do have around you. You mentioned the running back, Trey Benson. I love Johnny Wilson at the wide receiver spot, a guy that's over 6'4", 6'5", that, you know, catch radius is unbelievable. You can put the ball anywhere near him. He's going to pluck it down. Two transfers that they have offensively that I'm very high on, Keon Coleman from Michigan State, but also tight end Jaheim Bell that they got from South Carolina. This is a guy that you can use in a multiplicity of different ways within your offensive scheme and figure out mismatches to be able to get him the ball on a consistent basis. But I think Jordan Travis, uh, build off what he did last season, I think with the supporting cast that he has, especially with the defense looking like they're looking this year as well, you don't have to be Superman every play, but when it's time for you to be that guy, make sure you show up and you're, you're, you're doing that on a consistent basis. Now you got to be that guy for sure. Now Clemson uh, is a problem for FSU. They've lost seven straight to the Tigers since 2015. That's their worst record against anyone over that span. And Clemson has won most of these games in convincing fashion, outscoring the Knolls by 18 points per game. Now, Greg, how does FSU get over the Clemson hurdle? They have to play smart football. As simple as that. When you look at some of the performances last year, as many great moments as there were, there were moments in which you sat there and you said, man, what the heck is going on? Five bad minutes against Clemson where they really didn't take care of the football. The defense, for whatever reason, didn't look at all like they'd looked at any point leading up to that moment. Then they kind of parlayed a couple of bad mistakes into big moments for Clemson, but that's not the only game. Other games, NC State, they're in field goal range. They try an unnecessary shot to the end zone. Jordan Travis tries to do a little too much. It gets intercepted. They would have won that game with a game-winning field goal. Looked bad. Even for the moment, even in the wins against LSU, had a bad moment at the end of the game, could have put it on ice. Instead, they don't. LSU goes 99 yards, almost ties the game, and sends it to overtime. So they have to avoid the catastrophic if they're going to take the next step as a program. But I think maturity will help them do that with all the experience back this year. Yeah, I think for me, when looking at Florida State trying to get get over the hump uh, with Clemson, it's three things. Eliminate the turnovers, right? You can't have the bad plays and turn the football over and expect to be an opponent like Clemson. Number two, they went for it on fourth down the last two years uh, quite frequently. And not being able to get it on those fourth downs and convert has led to points to Clemson. And I think the last thing is one of the most important being able to stop the run. They have not been able to stop the run versus Clemson the last two years. And actually, if you look at their three losses last year, on average, they allowed 173 yards rushing on the ground versus the three opponents that they actually lost to. So I think stifling up those three areas would help Florida State get over the hump with Clemson. Now, I have a little uh, piece of fun history for all of you guys. From 1970 to 2004, Florida State was the dominant team against Clemson, winning 15 out of eight, out of 18 matches between the teams. But their last win, unfortunately, was back in 2013. Can this be the year? Who knows? 
We shall see. All right, we're going to keep it moving because speaking of the ACC, developing story we're keeping an eye on. Sources telling our Pete Thamel that ACC has met about potential addition of Cal and Stanford to the conference. No vote was taken and discussions will continue. Cal has a private board of regents meeting scheduled for tonight at 7 p.m. Pacific to discuss their future in the Pac-12. Next on College Football Live, after a stellar freshman campaign that ended in ACC Player of the Year accolades, Drake May returns for an encore. What could stand in his way of exceeding expectations this year? We'll discuss. North Carolina quarterback Drake May is just weeks away from the biggest season of his life, one filled with extra scrutiny, NFL questions, and not to mention the crazy expectations and pressure that come with leading a program desperate for a breakthrough. With already conversations of him being talked about ACC Player of the Year again, now what a season it was for the reigning ACC Player of the Year. May was the only FBS QB to eclipse 5,000 yards of total offense. He was responsible for 45 touchdowns, the third most in FBS which is 38 of those through the air. Now, with the, new, uh, with the new OC, Greg, and new receivers, should we temper our expectations for him? Or no? No. <laughs> this guy's the real deal, man. Yeah. I mean, if you just watch Drake May, watch how athletic he is, watch how easy he makes the game look, watch how he layers passes, he can do it all, and he's going to make every single member of his offense better. Now, the interesting aspect is the new offensive coordinator. Chip Lindsey comes up from UCF. He is a disciple of multiple different coaches under Gus Malzahn at both UCF and at Auburn, but also under Todd Munkin, who was at Georgia last year previously at Southern Miss. Todd Munkin, a little bit more air raid, maybe dink and duck, throw it around the yard. Then you look at what... He was under Gus Malzahn. That's a guy that wants to run the football. So I'm just a little curious as to how the distribution is going to be with the offense because Drake May was excellent last year in Phil Longo's style of attack that incorporates pushing it down the field and then the more the intermediate passes. Now if it's a little bit more underneath, a little bit more dink and dunk complemented with the run game, will that best suit his needs? I think it will because basically Drake May can do anything. Yeah, Greg, I'll say when it comes to Drake May, we all know about the athleticism and how he jumps out on the screen when we watch him play. But coming into 2023, if teams are going to defend him differently, I want to see how he's going to react to it. Uh, you got a lot of hype coming in, 2024, second-rated co uh, quarterback overall that's probably going to be drafted. But when a defense wants to play zone and play some cover two, can he be patient, right? Can he take his check downs, never get tired of, you know, making deposits in the bank? That's one of the things that Tom Brady made a living off of in the National Football League. Those are things that college uh, NFL scouts, excuse me, want to see from Drake May. When it's not there, does he live to play another down? Does he throw the football away? Or does he take his check down just to gain some positive yardage so he's not behind the chains? And we'll see that on September 2nd when they play South Carolina, what Drake May will do. Will he come out swinging and come out hot? Now, speaking of North Carolina, we've got another story. 
Wide receiver Tez Walker will not be immediately eligible to play at North Carolina. The NCAA denied his bid to play this season, deeming him a two-time transfer. He signed with East Tennessee State but never played there. He then went to play for two seasons at Kent State before moving on to the Tar Heels. He is a preseason All-ACC selection, and the school is appealing the decision. This could be problematic since Carolina was counting on Walker to fill the void left by Josh Downs, who's now in training camp with the Colts. Walker caught 11 touchdowns a year ago at Kent State and has nearly 16 yards per catch were the most among MAC receivers. Now for all of his of all of this efficiency on offense, North Carolina had all kinds of trouble on the defensive side of the ball. The Tar Heels allowed over 30 points per game and six yards per play. Now UNC allowed a touchdown on 33% of its opponents' drives and that ranked in the bottom 15 of FBS. Now Harry, how can UNCD improve to complement their offense. And, of course, Number Drake. one, be, be better. <laughs> yeah. Be better than you was in 2022 because mm -hmm. they were awful. But I'll say I think it starts up front, right, being able to sack the quarterback. They were last in the ACC last season with only 17 sacks. The second thing, you got to be able to create turnovers. They weren't that good last season at all, only creating 14 of those turnovers. But also you have to be able to stop the run. You have to be able to, you know, have some sense of pride to that side of the ball. Because I think one thing when it comes to North Carolina and their football team the last two years, I don't think their defense – has complemented their offense. But if you're able to get after the quarterback and sack them a little bit, create some turnovers, that gets the football back to your phenomenal quarterback in Drake May, and now they can put more points on the board. Yeah, it's all about creating disruption defensively. And Gene Chizik's an amazing defensive coordinator, has proven that, whether it be at North Carolina in his previous stop, what he did at Auburn, what he's done at other places. But for whatever reason, just didn't take last year. Now, they tried to address it in the portal. They went out and got... A four-year starter in Amari Gaynor from Florida State. He can hopefully be that hybrid disruptive edge defender that they need to step up. They also have alleviated some of the concerns in the back end. They had multiple guys leave the program. Maybe it was just differences in opinion, difference in how they should be used. They added some proven starters at corner as well. So I think out with the old, in with the new, and maybe all the new faces that will be playing pivotal roles will actually light a fire underneath them this year because they have to be better. Starts up front, but man, if the front can't get home, the back end's got to be tighter, and they were not tight at all last year against some of the better teams on their schedule. I mean, look, it can only improve from here, so it's not necessarily how you start, it's how you finish, so we shall see what Drake May and his squad can do, and we're just going to keep it rolling. And speaking of transfers, there's a new leader of the pack in Raleigh. When we return, we'll discuss the impact of Brennan Armstrong's transfer from UVA to NC. State. Here's the next USC fight night from the Apex in Las Vegas. With the much-anticipated welterweight main event, the prelims begin Saturday at 4 Eastern, followed by the main card at 7 Eastern on ESPN and ESPN Deportes and ESPN+. The new leader of the pack in Raleigh is this guy, Brennan Armstrong, who transferred from UVA. The Wolfpack should feel good about their new leader because over the past three seasons, he has rushed for 1,174 yards and 20 touchdowns in 30 games. And here's how he feels being the new guy on campus. I just feel free in it. I mean, obviously I know it. Um, so that's another feeling if it's great for me as a quarterback, for any quarterback, but uh, just, 
how things are called, when things are called, what I, I understand what to do in certain situations. Um, I just feel freer in it. I can feel like I'm more confident, able to play my, you know, be myself out there on the field. And uh, you know, it's just the best feeling as a quarterback when you have that, you know, that trust in uh, your OC, but he also has that trust in you to go out there and do your thing. Now, Wolfpack fans can only hope Armstrong will stabilize the most important position on the field. Now, NC State had four QBs with multiple starts last season, the most in FBS. Their total QBR of 46 ranked just 92nd in the country. So, Greg, let's talk about what kind of impact you see Brennan making at NC State. Well, it's good. It's going to be big time. He, he's got a ton of ability. The problem is if we look at last year, there was just something missing. There was clearly an issue with him getting on the same page with his head coach, Tony Elliott. Tony Elliott tried to implement a little different style. Now he's back playing under the offensive coordinator. He had tremendous success with just a couple years ago. And we see this happen on multiple different occasions where in comes a new coordinator, wants to do things his way, and maybe the guy isn't super comfortable. Look at Tyler Van Dyke at Miami last year. Was great two years ago. New OC comes in. Wasn't so good last year. We've seen it in a bunch of different places. So here is what we know. Robert and I knows how to get the best out of Brennan Armstrong. Now, will Brennan Armstrong be able to get back to playing as confidently as he played two years ago when that Virginia offense, Harry, was almost impossible to defend? Yeah, and I think the most important thing for Brennan Armstrong is because he knows the offense in and out, the ability to be able to teach it to everyone else and what he expects, letting everyone know that I need you here. I need you to do this. When I call this, I'm expecting this. If I see this coverage, sit in this zone. And I think another thing, Greg, for NC State is the wide receiver position, right? They're, they don't have Thayer Thomas or Devin Carter this year. Who's going to be that guy to step up for Brennan Armstrong so they're his go-to guy? No, Harry, Greg thinks that uh, NC State could be a sleeper this year in the ACC. Do you have got another ACC dark horse? Of course I do. I'm going to go with my Louisville Cardinals, and yes, I am an alum, but <laughs> here's why. Um, right, when you have an opportunity to play a schedule this season and you avoid Florida State, you avoid Clemson, you also avoid North Carolina, Things are going to work out in your favor. I also like the new head coach, Jeff Brom. He's a guy that's from Louisville, played for the University of Louisville, also coached there as the quarterback coach when I was playing for Louisville. So I like everything about the Louisville Cardinals, or should I say, Greg, my Louisville Cardinals. <laughs> well, I, I'm good with it. I, I'm all for touting the alma mater, but don't start bringing in the whole Michigan approach. Well, he's a Michigan man. He's a Louisville man. He knows how to get no. it done. The OC, the head coach, like, that's not going to give you extra points in the fall, buddy. Like, you got to no. go out there and take it, man. No. Come on. That's a whole other ban can of worms that we're just not going to open. All right, for Greg and Harry and Victoria, thank you for watching College Football Live. Yeah, we're just, we're just not going to go there. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>